what have we learned? You know, so, so you know, which advertising is the best advertising? Which clicking? Which color button is the best color? What have we learned? What is the outcome? And he said, Well, Bill, here's the outcome. The the the, the outcome is. It sure is nice to sell to our existing customers because the customer acquisition cost is high, and so when you've got existing customers, you know, it reminds me of this story about the Michael Masterson's book, Ready Fire Aim. Right in the beginning of his book, he talks about being a paperboy, and he takes a look at all these houses. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's show. This is part two of our interview with William Benner. If you missed part one, and please go back and check it out. Learn about Pangolin Laser Systems and the four books he's written and making lasers for Metallica shows and Super Bowl and Mercedes and all this fun stuff, winning 400 awards, 50 patents. I think where I want to jump in here for for part two, though, is, you know, you talked about, you know, getting the business over the million dollar mark, which, you know, you're kind of this craftsman, you're the expert, you're the inventor, right? And then can you talk about this rise of kind of like stagnating at that 1.2 million mark and then uh, and, and kind of the rocket up and kind of what the numbers have gone to as you've maybe become a little less conservative and applied some different some different methods to your yeah, business sure well to kind of to recap it's it's what i call the e-myth story and the e-myth story is the entrepreneur person who thinks they're an entrepreneur uh the the person who wants to be an entrepreneur the craftsman who gets into a business because they love to do the craft they believe that there are people out there who will buy the craft whether it is baking pies or sub sandwiches or little little circuits of some kind or the kind of laser light show innovations like what we've gotten into and and the point is is that if you go into it as a craftsman the even if the craftsmanship all works perfectly there's a lot more to running a business than just the craft you know there's getting clients retaining clients marketing there's there's zillion books and podcasts just on marketing alone, right? So, and these are things that probably aren't going to become natural to a craftsman. And so, so the point is, is that as, as a craftsman, as a kind of the, the guy in charge, you're only going to know so much about business. And, and once you, once your business rises to that point, that's going to be as far as it rises. Because, you know, my, my, my saying is that if you already knew the next step, you'd already be doing the next step, right? And so, there was a Harvard Business Study. I can't quote it right now, but the, I heard it in my mastermind group that basically all change to business comes from the outside. And it makes perfect sense because it, it, it can't come from the inside. If you already knew the next step, you'd already be doing the next step. So, so all change comes from the outside. And so so in our case, we went from the year 1986 when we founded and, and, and we'd reached about a million by the time we hit the year 2000. And, and you know, it was a little bit of recession in there. 2003, we started rising again. But even from, from let's say, 2004 to 2008, it was just 1.2 million, just stuck there, just couldn't, couldn't go above that. And, and, you know, what's interesting is that being in a niche industry like we're in, laser systems, right? There's it, it could be said, and it could be honestly said that there's saturation. There's only so much applications for this. It could be said that. And if you want to put those glasses on, you could wear them and, and make an honest statement that this is it. We're doing everything we can. 
But the reality is that there's a magazine that, that serves our industry. It's not just the laser industry, laser light show industry, but all everything laser is called Laser Focus World Magazine. And the Laser Focus World Magazine has this uh, kind of marketing outlook that kind of, okay, wh- where are the dollars going and what's how, how big is the pie and wh- how big are the slices of the pie? And, and according to their analysis, laser entertainment displays were $250 million business. Here we are stuck at 1.4 million or so, and it's, wait a second, there's a big difference between 250 million and 1.4. So clearly there's something else that could be done, right? And so I happened to be listening, I was dri- talking about driving the car. I happened to be driving in the car and I heard this advertisement for this, this event that was happening. It's called Rock Your Business. And it was basically a mastermind group that was taking place. It was the first, it was kind of the inaugural section of this thing in Orlando called rock your business. I said, well, that sounds interesting. I got the business. I, I want to rock my business. I I'll I'll go to this place. So, so I went there and I met uh, a lot of like-minded, not a networking group, a mastermind group is completely separate from a, a, a networking group. So a mastermind group is where you get in the same room with, it's mostly executives. And you talk about what's working in business, what isn't working in business. You, and you get on what's called the hot seat and you talk about your business and how things are going. It's completely honest and candid. And this these other business executives who are hopefully in a better place than even you are, because like I said, I, I always want to be the dumbest guy in the room. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. And so you get these advice from smarter people than you, and you apply the advice, and it works. And you say, holy cow, look at this. And so so, and one of the things that we do in these mastermind groups is talk about books, talk about the books we've read, talk about books that we found transformational. And so the, all of this information winds up getting shared and, and applied, and the, it is through the application of that and repeated that. It's not like just you take this one pill and there you go. We keep going to mastermind groups. We keep looking for new mastermind groups, me and my partner, and we just keep on trying to expand our knowledge, you know, because all change comes from the outside. So, so it has gone from, you know, started taking off in around 2010. And as, as of year 2019, it was a $20 million business. It's not going to be that in 2020 because of the whole COVID thing. Tell you what, you know, a lot of our business is events. In other words, doing concerts and stuff like that. And we have a new technology called Beambrush that was that was scheduled to go out on the largest tour. And we were so excited. We kept it all secret. And and then COVID hit. And if people had seen what we come up with, people in, in the concerts, it is stunning. It is, it is literally breathtaking when you see this. My When my wife was watching one of the shows with this, it literally took her, her breath away. So, yeah, so it's not going to be $20 million in, in the year 2020. But 2019, we received, we re- reached 20 million, and it's not like that was going to be the stagnate. It's not like it's going to stagnate at 20 either. We were we were planning it to go up and up and up, and so you know, COVID hit and it kind of took us by surprise. But we've we've taken a chance to reconfigure some of our business, and plus, we had already been in the selling the semiconductor product called Lasorb and selling these laser scanners to all of these other industries, and so we were pretty well protected. We've fortunately been able to maintain our whole full-time staff and you know and and even grow our staff a little bit since then so you know so, so we're we're doing fine but the revenue has is has decreased that that's kind of the big thing that's happened this year yeah well and you know not you know not not unexpectedly you know what i mean and yeah. eventually we'll have yeah. a vaccine eventually it's still you know in the world to normalize and humans will want yeah. to spend time together and events will happen and right so 
you know, I'm interested, you think about how certain people could be could become permanently discouraged of, man, this is the numbers we're going to do. I guess this is just yeah. what we're destined for, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, from, you know, it sounds like 1984 to 2010, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, yeah. 24, 24 years later, we're still kind of bumping up against the ceiling. And then to all of a sudden ramp up to 20 million, you know, sure. there's, I don't know, again, I, it's kind of what I love about this interview. That's very optimistic. It's for people sure. who they didn't, you know, come out of business school, get funded immediately and, and yeah. become Mark Zuckerberg right after that. Right. And the, like, I think that's one of the things that's so encouraging to me about books like Good to Great, the Jim Collins book. Oh, sure. Uh, Absolutely. Companies that were doing fine, that all of a sudden did really good, that kept right. doing really good for a long time, you know? Oh, you, exactly. And kind of this idea of like, that our past doesn't have to determine our future. Yeah. You know? And as I listen to your story, I want to tell you kind of the message that I got from it and have you correct me if you see it differently, okay? Okay. But I guess I felt like there was this aspect to it of, regardless of how things have gone in the past, if you were willing to learn new patterns, you could get the results from learning and applying those new patterns, which in your case happened to be on business growth. How would you sure. say that differently? No, that's that's exactly right on. And, and, and we keep learning that. And you talk about Mark Zuckerberg. He didn't, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg didn't get to be Mark Zuckerberg right away. You know, they, they, they skipped that whole, the whole, you know, even he struggled for, you know, 10 years and, and continues to work in the business. Not like he's retired now. So he continues to, to, to push the envelope, but, but yeah, that's it. It's, it is a constant, you know, we're fortunate that me and my current partner, Justin are just really, we just really like to learn. And we, we, we're just constantly seeking out new opportunities to learn and to try to apply these things. And I'll tell you what, what got us from like the last big bump, Justin went to this thing called up, and it's going to be complete out of out of the blue kind of advertisement for this company, but it's called Wake Up Warrior, right? So Justin found this thing online. It's called Wake Up Warrior. He said, "Yeah, oh, this is, looks interesting." He went there, and and he, he worked with them. And he the program he thought he was going to go to, he got into a conversation with the guys, and they were so impressed with him, and he was so impressed with them that that he kind of vectored off into a completely different program that they kind of handmade just for him. And he came back and applied all kinds of stuff and, and I want to say completely re rearranged the business, but it was a large transformation and, and it has changed things in terms of how we operate our meetings, how we look at how, how What's an example? So let's see if I could put, put this into words well. He, he just came back super inspired, and I'm, I'm going to try to think. So he's got this thing called a – it's a term for it. It's, it's like a – it's like a written formula. It's like whenever you want to implement something in a company, instead of just powwowing it and the top guys making the decision, you have to go through this, this, this plan. And I forget what it's called a stack. He calls it a production stack. That's what it's called, right? And this stack has these questions on it. And, it, and they sound like completely dumb questions like, okay, what will happen if you implement this? What will happen if you don't implement this? What are the and, and it's all dumb questions that you're supposed to be asking yourself anyway, right? But this thing forces you to ask the questions and forces you to verbalize it among others and and to and to get the input. And and so by going through this step-by-step -step procedure, every single thing for, for everything you do, which like I say sounds dumb, we're back to the e-myth, right? Right? We're we're back to fundamentals, right? The fundamentals, one of the things the e-myth teaches you are these fundamentals and it's got to be structured and the organization and systemization. And so yeah, that's really what um Wake Up Warrior 
one of the things he learned there was this production stack concept and the step-by-step procedure of, of how to think about ideas and implement these ideas and, and stuff like that. So, so that was, th- that was one of the things, but it really, it, 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 part of it is to the energy, right? I mean, you go out, you, you, you're in your company and you're in a kind of a, I don't want to call it a rut, but you're in a kind of routine. You know, you come there, you do the same thing, you leave the same day, you see the same people. There's all the same ideas. When, when you go elsewhere, there is the opportunity to really kind of learn something new and be excited about it and, and come back and, and be excited to apply that, that thing. And so that, you know, like I say, I, I, that is really something that's quite has been quite powerful and quite transformational for for us and that's why we continuously seek this stuff out it's like we we go to masterminds for a few years and then we'll go to a new mastermind for a few years because we we know we know all these people we know everything that they think and it's trying to it's time to find some new people that think in new things so yeah so that's kind of the that's that's been our formula is learn the new things apply to the new things lather rinse repeat right you know, it, it's kind of, I, I, I really enjoy hearing how you guys have applied that principle. You know, it's a lot of the reason I started this podcast is related to that. There's this great book by Stephen Johnson called Where Good Ideas Come From. And uh, he's talking about how, you know, you need, you need to go work really hard on your thing and then go bounce into tons of other ideas that yeah. you would normally not bounce into and then go back and work on your thing. They'll bounce, you know, and it just shows through whether it's the enlightenment and the coffee houses in Europe, whether it's, you know, stuff that's happened in New York city over the decades and just over and over how this pattern has showed up repeatedly with breakthrough innovations. And in a way, like between listening to my, you know, 750 audio books I've listened to and, you know, where I think this has got to be like, you know, I don't know, four episode 430 or something on the podcast here. Right. Um, Right. This is almost like, me trying to figure out like you you're going you know you join new masterminds which by the way I love you know being a part of CEO clubs that I've been in and those relationships and kind of getting to go more than just skin deep you know like really oh, getting sure. to know them and but this show is kind of that for me of like this chance to this chance to bounce into ideas that you know me you know doing my snowmobile snowboarding out here by Park City Utah is not normally going to run into right yeah and like I think you might be my you know, I'm going to call you one of my new friends. You might be my only friend who knows how to invent lasers, right? Yeah. And it, it's interesting to me to hear you like, you know, from rock band to engineer inventing lasers to right. authoring books with Brian Tracy and the guy that Jerry, Jerry Maguire movie is based on, right? Like right. the breadth of things that you've done is really consistent with stories who of people who are highly inventive, highly creative, highly innovative. But the fact that you've, you've, done this across such a range of things to me is like increases that probability that you can be financially successful with the business and lead a team and connect to new customers. And anyways, I'm just trying to say, I think you're awesome. Well, thanks. And I do consider you to be a new friend. Um, Well, maybe my, maybe my next question here is one of the things I, I, again, when I was doing research on you, you talked about uh, Ascension marketing. And this idea of of really creating a path for customers to become your best customers and and that you guys had kind of done like a six month research survey around this idea of marketing to my own customers is maybe more profitable sometimes than just more Facebook ads. Can you talk about that? Yeah, a lot. In fact, so so two things. And I thank you for talking about that. So or asking that. So because when you talk about stagnation, so one of the things I learned about in the mastermind group 
is this concept of an ascension model. And what the ascension model means is that, you know, you offer one product. For the, for the most part, we had one product that we offered into the marketplace, this thing called Laser Show Designer, right? And it allows you to become a Laser Show Designer, right? One of the things that we learned in the Mastermind Group is that, well, what would be great is if you have various what's called levels and, and you have a very low cost level that people can get into very easily and quickly. But in addition to that low cost level, you have a next level so that some of the people who get into the low cost level is really going to like it, really going to be successful and, and want to go want to do more. Right. So what are they going to do? Right. And so if you don't offer the next thing, they can they're either either they're not going to grow or they're going to go somewhere else. Right. And so so now what we have is a a. We have basically a four-tier software path people could take. They they start at something we, we call Quick Show, and then we have a next generation product that we call Beyond. So they move beyond Quick Show to our level, our software called Beyond. And and in Beyond, we have three levels of that. We have uh, Essentials and Advanced and Ultimate levels of Beyond. And each one of these are more expensive, and each one of these are more powerful. Uh, and so people can ascend through the you know, th- through the ranks of our software, through the, the capability. And and we're also putting together, we have a lot of different educational programs on our YouTube channel. And one of the things we're thinking about doing is having a kind of paid level where we where some of the stuff that we put, the more advanced topics that we put behind, a, I hate to use the word paywall, but that's the term that's being used these days. So that talks about the Ascension model. And and it was a second thing, and I hope you're going to remember because it's it's great, and I'd like to talk about it. And it's a second thing you mentioned after Ascension model. Was it Ascension model? The, and the, uh, your study of, you know, we all oh. hear selling to your oh. own customers is best instead of new ones. But you yeah, guys no. went and did your right. own study about it to confirm it. We did. We did. And it's so funny. And I'm glad you asked that because here's here's the thing. So, and Justin, this is one of the things he was very excited about. And I'm not sure if it was because of the Wake Up Warrior thing or what, but he comes back and he's really excited. He says, Bill, I'm going to do this thing. We, we've got some new analytical tools. We can find out who's clicking on what, and we're going to be advertising these things. And, and so we put out all these Facebook ads, we put out all, all these Google ads, and we put all these analytical engines behind it. So we know what people are clicking on and when they're clicking and how they're clicking and what it leads to it and really path tracking it's it's like a it's like the advertiser's dream to know uh the sequence of events and 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 so he let this thing run he started it last january january 2019 and around june 2019 i I go to justin and i said so justin how's it how's it going what have we learned you know so so, you know which advertising is the best advertising which clicking which color button is the best color what have we learned what is the outcome and he said well bill here's the outcome The, the 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 outcome is it sure is nice to sell to our existing customers because the customer acquisition cost is high and so when you've got existing customers you know it reminds me of this story about the michael masterson's book ready fire aim right in the beginning of his book he talks about being a paper boy and he takes a look at all these houses and he, he it was really obvious as you go in the morning which houses are receiving the newspaper and which ones aren't and he says aha i'm going to be a paper boy and i'm going to sell to all the houses who aren't selling or aren't buying papers right and so he goes knocks on the door 
none of the people who don't buy papers are buying papers, right? And so just for the heck of he starts knocking on some, some of the doors that are buying papers, they buy even more papers, right? So it's the people who buy papers buy papers, and the people who don't buy papers don't buy papers, right? So it's, so it's that kind of thing. It's, it's yeah, the, the, the lesson is that, the, you know, a, after doing an exhaustive half-year study and spending lots of money, lots of energy, and bringing in consultants and having world-class analytical tools to track this stuff, the net result is sell to your own customers. That's, there's the lesson. Well, you know, it's funny. It sounds so basic, right? And yet, if you look at most sales teams, if you look at most organizations, they're not highly rewarded and highly recognized for upselling an existing customer. They're treated like royalty for bringing in a new customer, uh-huh. right? And our sales cultures are typically not wired to take advantage of something that, you know, most business people with experience would claim they had heard or already knew what you're saying. And yet so few of us have internal systems that reward that. Right. Sure. You know, this idea of the Ascension marketing, right? Like this is not shocking people, you know, all sorts of brands do it. Most of us think that smart or know that smart. And yet if you look at how many of us, like the, the biggest cash cow is the main thing we push all the time. And it's the main thing we talk about. And, you know, kind of do our activities line up with what we say we already know is the smart thing to do. And I think that's what I like about your story is you didn't just say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. We should do that. That Like yeah. you are actively doing that. Do you know the book 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall? That's one I had not heard of. Oh, you got to get it. I'm such a fan. I read it so many times that I ended up asking him to come on the show. He was gracious enough to come do an episode. But he Great. really talks about that as an advantage of – if you can if you can essentially create products further down the scale even free products and yeah. widen the base so much further that sure. you know the vital few amongst those who actually want your stuff will raise their own hand you know oh sure absolutely like how many you know how many thousands of people are watching your youtube videos some small portion of them are the ones who are going to be the paid right but by oh sure but if you only came out with the paid version there's so many people that would never find out about you in the first place, right? Which is not rocket science or laser science, okay? Here, right? right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be a PhD laser engineer to know that. And yet, how few of us are actively doing that and actively reviewing? Hey, how well is our tiny base product that doesn't make us much money doing, but gets the word out? Is almost like an advertising program, right? And and it's kind of like the E myth. How many of us are slowing down and doing the things that we know are smart? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm I'm kind of a book nerd. Any other any other book recommendations? Oh yeah. So books that changed my life: The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I, I what I say is, if you're a religious person, it's going to be the second most important book in your life. If you're a non-religious person, it should be the first important book of your life because it really is. You know, when when things start breaking down, I, I just it's it's happened to me where I start thinking. I'm not following the second habit or the seven habits of highly effective people. Something, something, I'm, I'm missing something. So it's really that powerful. So seven habits, good to great, just like you said. And and his his other book, Built the Last, by Jim uh, Collins. Yeah, Collins. Yeah, Jim Collins. <laughs> so many authors' names it's kind of sw- swirling around in my head. So the E Myth, obviously, Michael Masterson's Ready Fire Aim, very very interesting. And also, you know, I, I picked up Shane a, after listening to your uh, podcast interview with Shane Snow. I picked up all three of his books just last night. So they look really great. And just, you know, I, I'd love to talk to you about that. 
you know, you had mentioned that after listening to a number of episodes from the show that you really enjoyed those ones. I'm obviously a, you know, Shane Snow fanboy here, but tell me, tell me what it was that you liked about those episodes. Yeah. So it was just everything that Shane Snow was saying really resonated with me. See, one of the things that kind of I'm chagrined with myself that, that I haven't been able to codify the innovation process myself. I, I do it. I, and, and I just do it naturally. I think I, I liken it to tying your shoes. How, how do you tie your shoes? I don't know. You just tie them. You know, you just, you can't even put it into words. You're doing it so much, you know, so it becomes so automatic, but everything that Shane was saying about being skeptical and lateral thinking and, and just, I I just was shaking my head the whole time. And so he has really done a good job at putting, putting those things into words. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, and I know I sound like a broken record here, but I feel like he's like slowed down enough Uh to articulate well, right? Like I'm always in such a rush to tie the shoes, right? That my ability to teach someone else and certainly to tell someone how to tie shoes without showing them would be pretty limited at this point. Right. Right. And it's kind of like that. It's almost like, you know, there's plenty of people in the world that need a kick in the pants to like get out there and get something done. But then there's other people in the world, like the visionary, you know, ADHD guys with shiny penny syndrome, like me who could use the advice, like, don't just act, think, you know, like (laughs) out, out think the competition, you know, you hear about that Warren Buffett quote, it's not that hard to get rich as long as you have eight hours a day to read and think. Yeah. And yet my default is always to like, as soon as we think of like, we've got this problem, how are we going to solve it? I'm constantly thinking, how am I going to solve it? Sure. I'm already the biggest bottleneck in the company, right? You're right. And like, you know, a, a bunch of, so one of the masterminds that I'm in and one of the masterminds that I actually lead with Josh Steinle, who you, you let you had listened to his episodes, right? Yeah, a bunch of sure. those guys are in Dan Sullivan's strategic coach. And right. he's always talking about who, not how, instead who, of not how. how am right. I going to get this done? It's who can right. get this done. Well, that's, that's, right. that's tough for me because I know my own skill set, And, you know, even though I'm like, you know, I'm the guy who's like most likely to land the multi-million dollar sale and then the least likely to oh, actually yeah. send the invoice so we can get paid. Right. Okay. Yeah. So my ability to land the big sale I'm thinking like, well, I could do that. Here, how can we do that? Oh yeah, here's how I can do it. And I'm autom- I'm already planning how yeah. I am going to push some other things to the side so that I can be the one to solve this problem. Right. And it takes like, I know that it's going to take a lot of meaningful repetitions for me to, and my partner, John, at the investment fund at Greystoke Investments is really helping yeah. me with this. So like consistently pulling back and going like, is that really what we need to use your hours on, Jess? Oh, exactly. Or, Jess does the same thing with me. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. T- tell me how I'm interested in any advice you have on how to tamp down my natural, like, well, ready, fire, aim of like immediately jumping and solving it where I need to condition myself more to think about how could we have this done instead of how can I do this? Right. Well, so my advice is going to be funny to you then, which is this and, and which you already got. My, my advice would be get a Justin, right? So you've got a Justin, your partner says, Hey, your, your partner's your sounding board. Jess, is this really the best thing for you to be working on right now? Is this really the, your, your, yeah, I'm always like, well, of course it's the biggest problem. I should, of course yeah. it's the fire. Fire's got to be well, put then, out. And well, then the I take is, a deep breath, right? 
Yeah, the good thing about your Justin is that you get to, he he gets to convince you otherwise. So uh, and hopefully there's no what's called power power distance thing going on there. So that, so that even though you're the top guy, that you have people that are saying, Jess, no, I really think that this is the wrong thing, Jess. This is this is you know hopefully strong enough in your company to to have that and and know that they can be that for you. So that's that's the advice, and it sounds like you've already got that. So that's great. <laughs> well, listen, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Besides sending everybody to williambenner.com, what do you want to leave on? What's wh- What would you like to close with? Yeah, just, you know, I'm a guy who likes to innovate. And if there's a problem out there, particularly if it seems like it involves with a laser, just think about me, I guess. Go to williambenner.com, see what I've done, and uh, see how I can help you. That's great. Well, thanks again for doing this. Well, great, Jess. Thank you very much. Bye, great. everyone.